Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss mobile gaming, Pokemon, and the ever-elusive Overwatch 2. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy March, and welcome to another episode of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. How are you doing, Kevin, now that we are done with a sixth of 2022 and moving into completing, what is it, a, a quarter of 2022 already oh yeah we're slowly approaching that march we're in march we're in march yeah it's just like it's kind of ridiculous but uh yeah um i've been doing okay i started my part-time job uh on tuesday um i am working as a game master at an escape room how's that um it's fun i mean my first two days they literally just They've been locking me in escape rooms and just telling me to figure it out. Um, so by yourself, yes, and it's really hard. Like, uh, yeah, uh, some of like the puzzles that they put me through so far are on the easier side. What they said, uh-huh. but like, um, for the most part, it is like things that you would do with two people normally is like split up, look around the room, try to get different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's just me, they said, like, it, just because it's just you will double the amount of clues that will, like, give you the amount um, of so you don't have to, like, feel bad. Um, it's better <laughs> that you just at least get in there and try to figure out how they work. So, right. um, yeah, it's it's really cool to, like, know that I'm going to be the one who's ushering people into this experience and having fun. Um it is a lot of fun to try to do things solo. Um, my first day, I was like totally like frazzed, like, and I couldn't figure out anything. Mm-hmm. So the first two days, the first two escape rooms that they put me in, um, I got close to escaping, but didn't. Um, wow. Day two was yesterday. Um, and yesterday I went through, I completed both rooms. Oh, um, so I, I, I did it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of like, interesting things because like for the most part you think oh when you go to an escape room like you solve all the puzzles you either get it you either get out or you don't and then you just like you learn from the experience overall but like the other back half of it is like there's got to be somebody who understands the answer to every lock where to find them uh and how to reset the room for everybody Mm -hmm. um which is going to be my job coming up so um, I'm slowly learning about each room. I still have two more that I don't know anything about. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that. Um, I hope that it it's not that bad. Uh, but it is a it is definitely an interesting experience. It like all of my coworkers are like super energetic. Um, I wouldn't say like they're not hyper, but they are definitely like extroverted a hundred percent and they're like out there and i'm like okay i can try to hang with this crowd but uh once again (laughs) like everybody is like super young uh in that group and i'm like i'm like the only person who's probably like out of college (laughs) in there uh besides like the managers so they're like we we like what you do we we 
the the manager came in like the first time that he actually interviewed me he was like yeah i listened to your podcast and i'm like oh what? <laughs> okay what he, he's just like i wanted to I wanted to hear what you sounded like and i'm like okay that's that's cool oh, he's like i like the overwatch league too and i'm like okay cool just, oh dear. talk about talk about nerdy stuff and so it was fun um but yeah definitely an eye-opening experience uh, i've been working on that and uh other than that just keeping my pulse on the pokemon stuff there's a, there's a lot mm-hmm. going on so what is the uh, name of this escape room place and like how many like what are the different themes and like how does escape rooms i i didn't know that escape rooms were able to survive the pandemic it doesn't seem like yeah. a business that could really withstand all of the restrictions that pandemic placed upon us yeah I, i'm actually surprised too but i think that they they started building it i remember like during the pandemic because it wasn't there at the start um like before the pandemic it wasn't there before the pandemic it was uh it was okay. just an empty building. So okay. I think by the time that like it started to let up, they started having people like build in there mm. and stuff like that. And then it's just one day that like I was walking past um, the uh, the company that I work for is called the Red Door Escape Room. Um, they have a l- bunch of different escape experiences. If you guys are in, I believe it's Texas, Oregon and California. Those are like the main places that they have them. I think they have a couple uh, sprinkled around like Oklahoma somewhere. Um, That's but it, it is kind of random, but we do have a lot of like really interesting, um, I, I guess places. Let's see what, what is the closest one to you? Probably Oxnard or San Diego, like both pretty far, but, uh, those are the ones that are probably closest to, to you, but we have six rooms total. Um, there's a casino themed one. We have a um, samurai themed one, fairy tales, prison break, um, a carnival, and a like a mini room, which is like a how can I describe it? It's like a murder mystery, like subway thing. Um, but yeah, it's just a really interesting experience overall. So, not to give too much away, but like, what are some strategies you'd recommend for for solving an escape room? Um, Again, like for, not giving any secrets away. Yeah, well, without fun. I'm not going to give out any like, you know, dead giveaway hints. But um, I would say there's a video out there on YouTube by Mark Rober, of all people, um, that talks about puzzle solving in escape rooms. And it's really, really helpful. So like... <laughs> Before I went in for work for the first day, I watched that video again and I was like, this is perfect. Like, I, I need to like, yeah, I need to remember this. But it's like um, one of the big ones I feel like is think simply. A lot of people like tend to overthink things and I've caught myself overthinking things on occasion. Um, like the example that Mark gave was like they saw a person go from Alaska down to Texas and then up to New York and they're they were trying to calculate, oh, how would how long would that take on a plane? And oh, what what states would you pass? Is that a clue or anything? And then you just real you just realize like, oh, it's the letter V. That's just like <laughs> that's something that we need for this puzzle later. And so literally, if you just think simply, uh, think smallest to largest is always a pattern. Um, 
or largest to smallest. So usually it's one way or another. Um, let's see what what other things are really like cool tips to give. Um, oh, if an escape room says that it's for six people, it's way better if you do it with three. It's the same rules as a tent. Um, mm. It it can fit maximum number of players but you'll always have a better time with half capacity um That's that is very true i would have thought of before but it makes um, a lot of sense and then for for personal things for for us uh single people out there uh this is definitely a a second or third date thing uh don't stress okay. out your 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 <laughs> your potential date on the on the first date um it's more of a getting to know how you operate under pressure kind of thing. Um, and yeah, don't, don't be afraid to ask for hints. That's another thing. Like it's better to get through the room and feel that sense of accomplishment than to be stuck on one thing and like bang your head against a cabinet. You say that it's not a first date thing as I was looking up escape rooms potentially to do on Saturday as a date thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say definitely like as, like you want to get to know them first and then see yeah. if they'll like want to do an escape room. Cause like, I don't want to like, I would not recommend it for a first date only because it's like, unless you're doing a short one, like right. the one that's that we have, we've, we do have one escape room that is like 25 minutes. Oh, that's so short. you can go in. It's, it's one room. There's nothing else that like opens up in there. Um, so it is one room. You could just go in and, and try it. Um, and then if you like the single room and like you figure it out that way, then you can book more if you want. But for the most part, it's like, I would definitely want to get to know somebody before I'm locked in a room with them for an hour, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> just, just, just at least a dinner. Right. So, um, that that's my thought process. Definitely something that like, I feel like everybody should try. I feel like it's a fun, um, it's definitely a fun experience. Mm -hmm. Like I know that when I, I've done a few escape rooms before and I know when I do, I get very, very frantic because like I want to try to escape and I don't like asking for hints mm -hmm. because I, like, I feel like I want to do it on my own. And like, I feel like it, asking for a hint kind of cheapens the victory for me a little bit. Um, but no, I know that I, when I do these things, I get just like very like frantic and, and exasperated and just like, it, it's not, it's not a good time to be locked in an escape room with me unless like you're also a very driven like to, to solve the puzzle because I'll be like freaking out and running back and forth at, like a thousand miles an hour. So just if you're ever in an escape room with me, you know what to expect now. I'm warning you. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll I'll just I'll have you do the uh, running around gathering things part because I feel like that's that's fun. <laughs> and that's the fun part. I like that part. You're just like you're holding all the props. Yeah, and then it, like an, another thing, like collective, like same props should always be put together because usually there's something that'll help. Um, a lot of people like I've seen a ton of people just be like, oh, we have like certain things, and they're just all looking at them. Uh, in a different way and i'm like just, just put them together just put <laughs> you'll you'll get it um uh, another quick tip uh we as game masters can hear everything and see everything in the room just oh obviously so don't do anything weird um we will know uh 
but yeah, uh, just, those are just the heads up. That's my new job. And uh, it's mainly because like I told them, I want to, I want to get more experience talking to people, talking in front of people. So doing that job, I feel like is really helpful for not only honing my announcer voice, but also to like meet people face to face again. Mm-hmm. So that that's the main reason why. And then, uh, yeah, that that's it. And it's also to get out of the house, which is a, a big priority for me right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that a lot. Uh, how about you? How was your week? How's everything going for you? My week has been pretty good. So um, normally Sundays for me are when I go out and like have brunch with the siblings and then like go run errands. Um, but I had to move it to Saturday because I was busy on Sunday. So I moved it to Saturday. And then when Saturday night rolled around, I'm like, wait a minute, I have an entire extra day of this weekend. So I kind of tricked myself into feeling like I had a three day weekend. So that was fun. And then on Sunday, um, what we did is I went to like this nature hike kind cleanup thing in a campsite. Um, and I used that as I used that because I went with Nick, my um, my friend who also works on finding founders with me. Um, we used that to like create a quote unquote mid roll ad for finding founders, which is like in the middle of the episode. We'll say we'll we'll kind of as a break from the story. It's like, hey, here's this fun thing to listen to now. Like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast, or rate us five stars, or whatever. Um, but so we did that, and then we went to Venice Beach and just hung out afterwards. And like, I was just surprised how many people, I forgot how many people go to Venice beach just because it's so iconic. And there's like a lot of really like, have you ever been to Venice, Kevin? I think I went there once with what, when I went down to LA, Uh um, I was just down there for like a meal or something. And then we booked it, but I I don't think I've hung out down there. Well, it's, what do you remember of it? Not much, really. I just remember <laughs> the food that I ate. Okay. Venice is a very, very, very weird place. Like, Venice is, is like, if LA is is weird, Venice is, like, the really weird part of LA where it's, like, you have all these street performers walking around. You have all these, like, weird little shops. There's a lot of weed places. Um, It's a beach, so you've got, like, the beach bums or whatever. There's a lot of... um just because it's very touristy too. There's a lot of like homeless people asking for like food or money and stuff. It's just a very, very strange place to be. It's like you walk a little bit further down the beach and then you hit um, Santa Monica, which is like the cleaner, more like presentable touristy place. You walk a little bit, you hit Venice, which is like the weirdest place a beach place that you've probably ever been and then you walk a little bit further and it's Dockweiler, or not a little bit further a lot further and then you hit Dockweiler, which is a bunch of like trailers and bonfire pits and a lot of the trailers are like sporting confederate flags which is like not comfortable but it's like yeah. they keep to themselves like as long as they keep to themselves it's okay like just stay away from the trailer park and you're fine but like Dockweiler is where i've had a lot of um birthday bonfires so that was a fun day. I haven't been to the beach in like two years. So it was it was good to feel the sand in my toes again. And I found my first tide pool. There was two anemones in the tide pool, which was really cool. So that has been my week. And then on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, 
um, I am going to Little Tokyo where we work. We hung out, Kevin, because I am seeing a production of Stephen Sondheim's Assassins um, as a date. And then we're going to get dinner. And then I don't know what we're going to do afterwards. We might like see what else is open in L.A. to like hang out and do not an escape room, as we have discussed. Second date. <laughs> gotta gotta make sure you can at least tolerate them for well, an hour i've known before. her for seven years so i think oh, oh okay yeah like, that escape before, room is fine we've hung out before I've, I've known this girl for seven years so i like but still it's like i know how i am in escape rooms i know that i'm just this manic ball of energy and i'd probably be very concerned about it if, I, if it was the first date it's not that's not first date material for me. Now that you mentioned it, I realize, yeah, I should probably wait. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the news of the week. As soon as I find my news tab, there it is. Um, okay, so something we kind of talk about a little bit on here, but not a whole lot, is mobile gaming. Um, Kevin, are you a, how big into mobile games are you? Yeah, do you have a phone? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that should be question number one. Um, I've only been I've been using the Motorola Razor since uh no um but in all seriousness uh I I'm not a big mobile gamer just because like my phone is kind of a piece of poop um it uh-huh. dies really quick so I I would rather not risk it um but if I do get a new phone I definitely would be playing a couple of of games for sure mm-hmm. okay damn this is a lot of money um <laughs> yeah i'm just looking at I'll, I'll bring it up later but like so mobile games are still like very big um the thing i was looking at is because i i don't know the game mobile gaming world at all i don't really use my phone for games i use it to communicate watch youtube during my lunch break and for posting to instagram and stuff when i need to for work like i barely use my own social media anymore um and i as some of you may know i i I'm too lazy to update our social media most of the time, which I really should do considering that I do it as a job, but whatever. Um, But so just like, just to kind of get an idea of how much money like mobile games still kind of make, I don't know the statistics for 2021, but I have the statistics in front of me for 2020. Um, Guess how much revenue Candy Crush made in 2020. And I guess, guess how much profit they made no like here's the thing like uh unlike blizzard i i know the answer of if you have a phone or not um <laughs> so i the thing is like with mobile gaming it is easily accessible right which a lot of people won't have the money or need to build a full-on like gaming pc so i would think that they would make a ton of money during the pandemic because like everybody's at home mm-hmm. you don't need to worry about battery life on your phone if it's plugged into the wall so like you can game for however long you want so i would i would say it's like close to like the i i wouldn't say like maybe maybe hitting the billion mark but there is a lot of money for sure being thrown around in mobile gaming I don't know why they they wrote this number like this, but yeah, you you are right. It did cross the billion point. Um, they wrote it in the website Business of Apps as one thousand one hundred ninety million, which is one billion one hundred ninety million. I don't know why they wrote it as thousand, um, <laughs> but that's how much 
in revenue they took in and in profit for the company that was 857 million so um revenue minus expenses equals profit so they they still earned 857 million and in 2020 they had 273 million users so i the the business of of mobile gaming is at least if you're basing it on candy crush which i guess is still popular um it's still very big like do you play candy crush kevin no i don't okay i don't either i i had it when i first got a phone but i just got so mad at the game because it's like it's just a game based on luck pretty much and you have to wait for your lives or whatever and i just i got so mad and i uninstalled it and never installed it again just i hated it um but uh according to marketing dive the art this article i saw looking through my my weekly or my daily um newsletter things from work but after apple changed their um apple app tracking transparency in june of 2021 um in-app purchases in gaming have dropped 35 percent, which is huge like that's that's a ton of money like i i don't i can't conceptualize how much that is based on the numbers that we just said but like that's more than a third of, of revenue from from apple excuse me from apple in these apps um so gaming apps spent 14.5 billion dollars on user acquisition in 2021 um but with the the apple tracking transparency update it's making it harder for or it makes it so that these mobile apps can't really gather any of that valuable data for them without user permissions um so what's happening i think and according to this article is that um gaming apps are kind of staying are drifting away from prioritizing the app store and are kind of moving towards um the android market so I mean, while in Apple it dropped thirty five percent, in in Android it looks like it um, surged up thirty five percent in spending. Um, so it's just interesting to for this doesn't really it's not a really a big story, but it's just knowing how much money Candy Crush makes and stuff like that. It's like it's interesting to see the effects that um, the whole privacy war and getting our keeping our things private has had on mobile gaming because like you said kevin considering how in the pandemic like everybody had a phone and it's just so much more accessible than being able to get a ps5 or an xbox series x or to build your own um pc gaming rig like you have room on your phone and you can just play a game absent-mindedly and like as you can see with candy crush like a lot of people like they'll make maybe spend tiny little bits of money on like purchases for extra lives or extra power-ups or bonuses like kids will do that a lot um but it really adds up into the billions mark so seeing these numbers i don't know how like i i'm glad that apple has put in this this um this change that it's these companies can't just steal our data without our consent but considering the the monetary loss, how long are they going to keep this in place? Are they going to stay the course, which I hope they do, or are they going to kind of buckle and say, okay, um, we can't 
afford to do this anymore. And here your, your data is being sold again without your consent. Mm, I, I think that honestly, they'll, they'll probably do the right thing. I think it will probably be in the app itself that they'll start trying to figure out a way how to make more money out of it. I know that Apple, like that's something that, you know, Apple can clearly pride themselves on. It's like your data is secured with us or whatever. Um, and that can be a selling point for them, but I don't know if that's necessarily the right answer. Um, and I, I do agree that like Apple is doing what they need to do to protect their users. But at the same time, like it is a company and we don't know what they're going to do. So hopefully they do the right thing and not like poo on all of us. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, and again, I'm not, I'm not really a, a mobile gamer, so this doesn't really affect me as much, but I don't know. It's a, it's a huge market evidently billions of dollars a year so yeah um all right kevin i need you to i'm gonna i'm probably gonna cut out the bit of you watching it but i need you to click the link for the second story okay okay you in there yeah we're talking the, okay the metaverse one yeah so scroll down to that first tiktok video and i'm just gonna need you to watch it really quickly and i'm gonna cut the part of you watching it out just so we're not sitting here in silence as you watch it okay but i need you to know what i'm talking about here when we bring the story up jeez all right there's just a lot going on here yeah so so to start this this story um the the internet is a very strange place this has kind of a tangential tie to all the nft stuff we've been covering but the metaverse is in its infancy I suppose. Um, and so for, for those of us who are really unclear about what the metaverse is, this is like, it, it uses the Horizon Worlds uh, platform that Facebook and, or I guess it's called Meta now, is the company because Zuckerberg changed it. Um, but what it is, is it's essentially creating virtual 3D spaces for people to run around and interact and like create their own like i guess they're called worlds so like these individual rooms that people could create um and also the ability to to link your your avatar your profile your user whatever nft or like virtual possession I, you can't even call them possessions but like virtual items that you own and like use them in between apps so everything is linked together hence like the verse part of metaverse um it's a very 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 new concept and people are still kind of trying to figure it out and it, it at the current iteration it's very heavily reliant upon like vr headsets and vr rigs and and whatnot um but the video that kevin just watched it's from at vr pranksters and apparently since this is is such a new way to interact with the internet there are are um community guides that and that's a, that's a job that they have where they they just kind of stay in the metaverse and when people have questions and don't know how to do something they will help you navigate through your whatever setup you have or like help you figure out any issues that you have 
now. Um, I don't know if these people have ever been on the internet or have ever used Facebook, but the internet is not a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for to the description. It's like, it's not a very very, welcoming place. (laughs) Exactly. It's not a very welcoming or, or peaceful place. This video is, there's a guy who's trying to like do his job as a metaverse guide. And he like tries to, help out this this older gentleman like figure out how to change into a different room and and at the same time there's these there's a bunch of kids who are running and screaming and fighting over a virtual boomerang and hitting each other and it's just absolute utter chaos so i i the metaverse like it just sounds like a stupid idea in general but then when you take like the the knowledge that there are trolls on the internet and there are kids who are going to be dumb like this is just an absolute utter recipe for disaster and i i'm sorry for anyone whose job is like having to one like having like it all in one wrapped up you have to deal with trolls you have to deal with kids you have to deal with old folks who don't know how technology works all in one that is your 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 entire job yeah it's like, like uh it's like it food service, like but nobody is happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you like? Just looking at what the metaverse looks like, Kevin. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, I I'm not impressed personally. Uh, this man, this man definitely needs a raise. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand how you keep your sanity through that. Like, there's a kid like running around being like, give me that boomerang. I'm like, no, shut up. I get like, yeah. <laughs> like, I would lose. I would try to like kick him out of the lobby. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's so much going on in that video. It's just like, it's not even, contr- I wanted to say controlled chaos. It's not even controlled. It's just chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah there, there's no control. Yeah. So the, the way how I would like, I, I think the metaverse has like an, it's an interesting idea to connect like a ton mm-hmm. of things together and like allow users to like work together to, to do something cool. Um, but at the same time, it's like there, there's a whole bunch of just like things that can go wrong and, and will, and will go wrong, you know, um, for sure. So it's just a matter of like, I, they, it's such an ambitious thing to try to do in VR, which is like make make it a professional enough space where people can use it for business or for, you know, the social media aspect of it. But at the same time, it's such a new, like, it's such a difficult, like, place to learn about, like, the metaverse and whatnot that, like, there's just so much to deal with like yeah i mean it's a it's a cool idea to try to merge everything together but at the same time sometimes it is just better to keep everything separate um like the the reason why the metaverse happened was i think zuckerberg wanted to put like you know facebook instagram whatever other things he owns all together um and then have like one space where you can just go to to enjoy all of them together um, but at the same time, it like gets to a point where if you push too hard, like you're going to lose a lot of people because they just don't understand what's going on. Um, and I, I see that happening, but 
I feel like a lot of people need to the one VR either needs to be more accessible and or like more people need to know how to use it before I feel like yeah it's still kind you of can expensive. pull something like this it is it is still a very expensive like hobby I would even call it a hobby to get into like mm-hmm. it's a it's a lifestyle no it's not a lifestyle <laughs> oh, God. it is um it's just really difficult um to like teach people how to use VR headset stuff to like be in a zoom call at the same time so I do think that ew it, it's it's weird. It's definitely like it's VR like sitting Zoom. Ew. Okay, so so it's like one of the things that they pitched was like a VR conference room, and I'm like, bro, why would I? Like, it's like, oh, you could be a remote access, like sitting around a table and talking to people. I'm like, if there's no card games or anything there, man, like I'm I'm not even gonna not even gonna put on the headset. Why am I here? Yeah. So like, I get it. A lot of people are saying like, you know. VR is for gaming, which I mean, primarily it is made for gaming, which I like. Um, but at the same time, like we need to, if VR becomes accessible, I can see this becoming successful. But for now, because it is such a difficult thing to get into, I don't see this working that well. Mm-hmm. And um, as that poor employee has uh, understood as well, it, it is not going to be, it's not going to be easy at all to deal with this yeah and it's like you so you brought up the whole the vr aspect of it which i i didn't really consider but it's like yeah that's another thing that you're fighting against you're fighting against people who don't understand what the metaverse is and you're fighting against people who either don't want or like don't understand how to use virtual reality so it's it's a you're fighting uphill on so many fronts it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous and this this essentially feels like Ready Player One, but very early and a whole lot worse. Oh yeah, for for sure. That's a that's a really good way of like putting it. It it's them trying to make everything work well, but at the same time, it's like, it, you know, it's not it's not working. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. this is not going to be uh the the best of things. Right. And this is looking like a primary way the metaverse I'm speaking about. Like this is primarily going to be the way that NFTs, I guess, are looking to start to gain value because then you're going to buy the nfts and they're going to be rarer and more exclusive and as the metaverse theoretically gains in popularity then the nfts kind of become more of a i guess a central and accepted commodity which i really hope never happens i'm knocking on wood right now i'm literally knocking on wood because i don't want that to happen so um I feel like NFT's success and metaverse's success are very closely tied to each other because also if NFTs not again knocking on wood if they do become successful then the metaverse will I guess develop alongside of it as a way to kind of ensure that they somehow have value and in and an intrinsic way to show them off besides like a monkey profile picture on Twitter yeah, very true. I I do agree that, like, <sighs> the the thing that they're trying to push with this is like in game items and stuff like that, where that's what the NFT is trying to be. That like the in game like wearable cosmetics stuff, but just 
just make it an in-game cosmetic thing then like why are you why are you taking so many extra steps to to do it when you can just implement it uh (laughs) just just make it a thing plus like the company itself gets to own all the all the money i don't i don't see what the what the play is (laughs) oh so okay let's move further into the weird wacky aspects of like the internet and nfts right now um so kevin click the have you heard of pixelmon i've heard of i've heard of it i'm not a not a fan of it okay kevin for all of those who don't know what pixelmon is would you like to explain what this monstrosity is uh it it is i don't i don't even know man it (laughs) (laughs) i i can't I I really can't explain this. It's just like a. It's it's a. Fuck. <laughs> what is I? What? How do you describe this thing? Like, you're you're. I feel like just by your inability to speak about it, I feel like we're giving our our listeners a sense of just how off the wall wacky this is. So the best of my ability to put into words what Pixelmon is is it is a project that raised 70 million dollars 70 million dollars as a an online game in which the the pokemon that you collect are just nfts and they are very poorly done they look really bad and there have been sincere, like severe glitches with them already. Like, I don't know. Like, there, there was, I guess, a hatching event like last week or something or other. I, I don't know how what it exactly was because I'm not following this stuff too closely. But there was like X number of um, certain Pixelmon allotted or whatever. And depending on like which ones you get, you get they're they're worth a certain value. And then for some people, like, it wouldn't even spawn in. For some people, it, like, spawned in sideways. One of them is just this really ugly monkey. Um, it's just so weird that people spent, and it's being dubbed the the worst NFT project ever, but, like, people spent $70 million investing in this. And then they were immediately, like, very disappointed by the results. Like one monkey, one very ugly monkey monster, I guess was, according to some posts, was worth $10,000, which is the price of a Rolex watch. No, don't, no, stop. <laughs> put, put that away. Once again, it is like, once again, it is just like perceived value of a certain yeah. thing. And like, I understand like quantity of things makes it harder to get therefore raising the price but like how badly do you need this nft like and what does it benefit you like it doesn't change anything for you 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 just now have a you have a png file that i can just copy um so <laughs> that's all it really is i'm sorry to to inform you this kevin but there is a zombie NFT whose name is Kevin in this game. Gross. Stole uh, your name. 
it it's fine um i will i will sue that zombie for defamation and uh get my get my nft money i guess uh but yeah this is a thing that exists um the latest and greatest in a long line of nft scams so the fact that they had to like make it a pokemon like game just very sad for the legacy of Pokemon. Like, out of all the things that they thought of when they created Pokemon, I don't think that Pixelmon was on, was ever in their wildest dreams. Hey, let's let's sell really bad art for seventy million dollars, and let's make a, a game that no one is actually excited about. Yeah, or once again, the other side of it is like you can you can say that. It is the biggest form of flattery that they got $70 million from essentially ripping off Pokemon. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Pokemon would try to take them down because of the name Pixelmon being very close to Pokemon and copying their the gameplay. Because yeah, I mean, it... Nintendo's taking things down for a lot less. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I kind of I kind of want Nintendo to do this one. I'm on Nintendo's side in this lawsuit. If it happens. Yeah, you you can if you take down Pixelmon, give us all the soundtracks for uh for Nintendo. That, that's that's a okay. Like we yeah. we're not gonna do anything with it. We just want to listen to them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so now that we've covered fake Pokemon, Kevin, tell us about real Pokemon because there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot that happened this past week. Yeah. Uh, on the 27th, it was the official Pokemon Day. Uh, and February 27th is a significant day for Pokemon fans. Uh, because it is the day that Pokemon Red and Green, or for us, you know, Red and Blue versions came out in Japan. And that is the one that kickstarted everything 26 years ago. <laughs> uh, don't don't calculate. Don't calculate that. Uh, <laughs> you will feel old. But yeah, uh, there was a Pokemon week. There was like an announcement of each, like what's new for Pokemon. E- all the properties that they've had over the years and what's what they've been updating. So um, if I miss anything, by the way, if I miss your game, uh, let me know. Um, I don't follow all the Pokemon stuff, but I'm going to just hit some of the main points. Um, for Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, there is an event right now to go ahead and get Oak's Letter. And Oak's Letter gives you the ability to meet Shaman. So if you want to get Shaman in brilliant diamond shining pearl go ahead check on uh the pokemon website to figure out how you can go and get oak's letter and go and get shaman um hopefully later down the line we'll also get free dlc for either arceus or darkrai as well that would be another little interesting tidbit that they can add um for legends arceus moving on to you know the other sino region game um there's a thing called the daybreak update which makes outbreaks happen with alpha pokemon so if you really wanted a super hard mode uh yeah it's it's available you can accidentally run into like four plus alpha pokemon at once um <laughs> if you really want to take that on uh for my game pokemon unite uh we got hoopa i don't know how we got hoopa either but we have hoopa now um 
if you guys ever wanted to know what Doctor Strange would be like in uh, in Pokemon or in a MOBA, that is exactly what Hoopa is. TPs everybody. Their ultimate is that they can teleport everybody from anywhere on the map to where you're at um, oh, and, and just start like, a fight. That seems like a just a sudden flash mob, but not as fun. Yeah, it's team. just uh, it's just getting jumped or uh, the opposite. You you get Hoopa ringed into the fight and then like everyone else is dead and it's just you. Um, that has also happened. But Hoopa was the new support that we were all getting hinted at. Fine with that. And then we also got an announcement that the attacker that has been the big question mark for the past few days is none other than Duraladon. Duraludon, Duraludon, the the one that is a skyscraper in the Gigantamax form. Um, I call it Duraludon. Uh, that's just how I how I call it. But yeah, that's coming to Pokemon Unite too. I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah, we get the oversized lighter to <laughs> our game. Um, the the last and probably the biggest one, if anybody's been on social media, you've probably seen it already. Um, but Gen 9 has been announced, and that is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And a lot of the Pokemon everybody knows there's Sprigga uh Sprigga Tito, the, the grass cat. We have Quaxley, the 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 duck water Pokemon, and Fuecoco, who is a pepper dinosaur Sprigatito um, just is very sounds difficult to say like why did you make it such a hard name um the the reason for that actually we we dove into the etymology of a lot of these names already and we have pinpointed it that it's either located in spain or latin america so that is going to be the uh the region of where it's going to be set so it's going to be really cool to see how they incorporate you know that culture into this kind of game which i mean we've seen over the course of pokemon's history they like travel like alola is obviously very much hawaii mm-hmm. um and you know kanto is like the original japan and then just learning about each individual region and how they are kind of tied and related to a place in real life is really cool um but i do want to see what they do um with scarlet and violet and that game is supposed to come out at the end of this year so most likely something that you'll put on your christmas list ask your parents for i'm asking my parents for it probably uh but that is uh that is going to be the next game that a lot of people are going to be looking at um matt have you seen the uh the starter pokemon for for this generation i have i've seen it I'm kind of leaning towards the just because I have fond memories of of Totodile, I am leaning towards Fukoko. Yeah. I I like the I like the weed cat. That's what everybody's <laughs> calling it. But yeah, Sprigatito is definitely like I I don't know what obviously like I I won't make a final decision until I see the final evolution. Right. But yeah, Sprigatito is pretty cool. Uh and Fukoko is just like, you know, big mouth, big energy. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon. I mean, so. if anything, they're much better than what Sword and Shield starters were. Yeah, and I mean, the the reason why I feel like I like these is because like you you vibe with them a lot. Um, 
the only one that a lot of people vibe with in Sword and Shield was was mainly uh, Sobble. Sobble's my spirit animal. Uh, just <laughs> sad all the time. Um, but yeah, it was that and uh, what is it? And Score Bunny. Everybody likes Score Bunny. Um, but yeah, it's just really interesting. And if it is Latin America or Spain, usually the final evolutions have something to do with the culture. Um, so, for example, the Galar region when we did get Gen 8, um, rock and roll. So it's like based off of like England, Scotland. Um, so when it goes to, as for Galar, it is Intalion, right? Um, Intalion's mm-hmm. supposed to be like the James Bond character. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. So spy movies. Um, for Cinderace, it's soccer or football known internationally. Mm-hmm. And then um, Rillaboom is supposed to be the birthplace of rock and roll. So it's it's that kind of thing. And that's the reason why like Toxicity is like a punk rocker. And same thing with like Obstagoon. Does the UK consider itself the birthplace of rock and roll? It's more of like, because I don't know if it's that. the US. They came from black culture. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what they what they did with it. But it is Ooh. definitely like a drummer. It is like yeah. musical. It could be like I wouldn't want to say it's a Beatles reference, but like it could be. But and I'm just like okay, that's that's fine. Um, I know that all Pokemon have like this overarching like, or the starter Pokemon's all have like an overarching like, um, like theme to them. For that mm-hmm. one, it was all just like. You know things to celebrate here. So I, if it is Spain, I'm assuming, like, we don't know what Fue Coco is going to turn into. I have no idea. But Quaxley looks like it could be like a water fighting down the line with like a saber. Hmm. Um. Well, we'll see. Like the the hair is very much either a musketeer hat or uh, a JoJo's reference that we are not going to try to acknowledge here. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm I'm fine with. I I know which part it is, but. It it does look like Johnny Bravo a little bit. <laughs> Do we know anything it, about the gameplay? Because from what the little that I have seen, it, it kind of feels like it's going in the direction of um of Arceus, but I again I'm not I haven't extensively like been paying attention to it. Yeah, people are saying that they're taking the textures from Arceus for sure. Um, just to like update what it would look like but also a lot of people are looking at the way how textures are on the pokemon and they've updated what it looks like for sure and hopefully that is like actual gameplay um but overall i i hope that they borrow elements from arceus but try to keep the same like I wouldn't say like even if they broke the structure rule of Pokemon um and just like allowed you to explore and do whatever you want uh this time around it would be really cool um just just to kind of like blend the lines between your mainline games and your and that one spin-off mm-hmm. um I would have also liked if there were other announcements that went with Pokemon Day um I ran a poll on my on my Twitter and most people did want like want gen nine to be a part of it. And I was like, for me personally, I wanted Pokemon, uh, a new Pokemon stadium. Cause I think that would be really cool or a Pokemon pinball, uh, which we mentioned last week. Yeah. So I do think that those are things that are 
definitely could be in the works. So I'm 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 definitely. I mean, they made Pokemon Snap see. again, so. Yeah, exactly. Like if they go back for Pokemon Snap, there's a chance that older games will also get picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just another thing, since we're on Nintendo news, uh, as of well, once the hour changes, uh, for us, the Nintendo Switch will officially be five years old. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I, I think this is that. the longest time that like I've kept playing a console too. Like it's not like besides the DS, I think like this yeah. is this is the other one that like has lasted forever. And it feels like forever because like if you had a switch during the pandemic, that's like all you did. <laughs> right, right. I'm trying to think. Wow, five years. Yeah. Cause I remember when um my roommate stood in line at a Best Buy all night just to get the switch first day and play breath of the wild i remember like he was gone literally all night and he came back in the morning like where the hell were you and he's like i was at best buy getting a switch and we're like did you stand there all night and he said yeah i did and but he ended up getting a switch first day he mission accomplished so i can't believe it's five years old already happy birthday to the switch but continuing our nintendo news this technically isn't really nintendo news but we're going to call it Nintendo news, I guess. But um, you've probably seen this on the internet from the past couple of weeks. But um, according to the, well, not according to, but um, on a blog post on the United States Department of Defense's official, um, what is DVIDS? Uh, Defense Visual Information Distribution Service. Uh, they... This is what about David so now? Weird. What do you do? Um, pretty much the Army Major Jean Marc Thibodeau, who is the clinical coordinator at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri. Um, he said the quote Nintendo generation soldier skeleton is not toughened by activity prior to arrival, so some of them break more easily. And he's he's referring to um incoming members of the military going into boot camp so um he's applying the term nintendo generation to the i guess the gen z kids who are now turning 18 the 18 to 25 range who are primarily the targets for recruitment and how just they are more likely to be injured or have skeletal fractures or whatever like according to this guy the skeleton of the quote Nintendo generation is not um, is not up to snuff with the previous generations who have enlisted in the military. And he's blaming it on um, what, what, what he's referring to with the Nintendo generation is like Gen Z kids who are more inside, more sedentary, who have spent more time with technology than they have running around and playing sports and kids are, I guess, um, playing Madden more than they are actually bashing their heads in playing football. There, there's a reason why. I mean, we yeah, we don't go outside as much, but at the same time, you don't blame, you don't blame Nintendo for that. Like, right? That, that's a generational thing. Like, you get you. Would you say the same thing for the Call of Duty era people? Like, is that is that the problem that we? 
we're having as well. Like, I'm pretty sure COD and like Overwatch Valorant players would be saying otherwise as well. Um, there, there have been, like, yeah, sure, there. And then, like, the other question is like, how do you know our structural, our skeletal integrity, fam? Like, are you taking bones? Are you like? Are you testing our bones against like our grandfather's bones? Like what what's going on? Like how does that make sense? Well, Thudo just wants us to get off the couch, quote unquote, in the in the article from the DVIDS. Again, it's the Defense Visual Information Distribution Service. But I mean, it's just it just sounds so out of touch to call it the Nintendo generation. Like, yeah. Just just that moniker, because like Nintendo really, like Nintendo's still big, but it hasn't really had the same staying power as like Xbox or Sony. But like I, I would say that the Nintendo generation is was like when the SNES and the GameCube and the Game Boy and the Nintendo yeah. DS happened. Like that's all very old technology. So I like feel the- like. The millennial generation right, is more right. of a that's, Nintendo. That's our generation, Kevin. That's not. Yeah, that's not kids today. So, like, I mean, if you really want to go there, I feel like the SN, like the original NES, was like well, the yeah, official, definitely, like Nintendo Gen, because that's like the right. first time that they had a home console. Right. So, so that would be more appropriate for even older than us. That's like my dad. Like <laughs> that, <laughs> you use that to describe them, not not us. The Famicom. Yeah, the Nintendo Famicom. The original like game and watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what he's saying. And I it's like it is an issue now that like a lot of Americans are not as healthy as they used to be. There, there's a lot of factors here more than just gaming. Like more recently, we've had COVID. Like, um, there's also just so many other things to do inside, like. There's TV, there's Netflix, there's just social media and stuff like that. They're like, maybe, may, like, the, there's also like some parents aren't letting their kids play sports as often because they recognize that sports injuries are, are dangerous or whatever. Like kids aren't going around, running around, like playing games till the sun goes down because it's, it's not, this isn't the seventies where you can leave your door unlocked and it's not as safe in the world anymore like we recognize that like kids aren't immune to this stuff so like all of these factors coming together it's like to single out the hobby of like gaming and to make that your your scapegoat just feels very off base and that's not how you're gonna get people to want to join when you're like shaming their their likes you know Exactly. And if anything, like the way how you should have worded this, Mr. General Man, um, is crazy. Actually, okay, um, major, major dumbass or whatever. Okay. The way how you do this is you have to compliment the gamers who play FPSs. Okay. So Mm -hmm. you're saying, oh, the Nintendo generation is fragile, right? If you said like we we understand that Call of Duty, Valorant, and you know other people who have came from FPS uh, are like exactly what we need, you'll get more players or more people 
like at least excited to join like i that that's just a better way of framing it rather than just saying like this whole generation is soft because like that's the reason why we probably won't have a full we don't need a full army we're just like why would we why would I mean, we even attempt currently at war yeah and i hope Fingers i hope crossed. we don't yeah knocking on wood again this this episode is just a lot of me knocking on wood <laughs> yeah and like how does that how does the 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 shaming of i mean this is of course this is just one guy's opinion but when you take that and you look at like how the military was in some hot water previously for getting on twitch and trying to like use streaming as a way to recruit kids into the military you know yeah that there was that wave of like events that were sponsored by like the navy the army um and a whole bunch of other like military specific organizations and like yeah we we understand what they're trying to do and yeah we, we're not necessarily we on board 100 percent. like everyone saw through it like yeah it's just you're not you're tricking trying anybody to get these, you're trying to brainwash these kids into thinking the military is cool when like you're just going overseas to fight some else someone else's war and die for someone else's pocket like hot take but it's happening you're seeing it happen in russia right now like these kids who are forced to go into the military at 18 are in a country they don't want to be in getting killing and getting killed by people who don't want to do it so um it's it's a very strange position for the military to take and to like publish publicly i wonder how how much flack this guy is getting but also it's like it's it's it brings to mind that um that old saying it's like it's a poor carpenter who blames his tools so i i I thought boot camp was supposed to mold these kids into like soldiers that are fit for fighting and like i don't know it just so what if i would think that like as the military you would have enough like medical know-how to be able to make sure that these kids' bones are fine for service and if they're not fine then just like they can't serve you just have to find another pool of kids like there's going to be people whose bones are fit enough for service but whatever it's it's the nintendo generation's fault speaking of like the the fps's um this is a this is a smaller thing just to like look into how blizzard's potentially gonna i I don't know how they're gonna fill in this gap i don't know if this has anything to do with the merger or any of the uh the stuff that's been going on there but like there's not a call of duty game planned for 2023 currently to be released there may be some free-to-play stuff and like some updates to the current game but this is the first time since 2005 that there has not been a call of duty game out I hope that's not a precursor to anything either. I hope that it's just like <laughs> they're going to do a Call of Duty IRL and it's not going to yeah. be fun. Um, but honestly, I do think that like, I think it's okay for them to take this break and I would much rather have ABK fixed and done properly than have another like reskin of a shooter. Like just mm-hmm. just make sure that the company a okay and then give me like the best Call of Duty game that I've ever seen ever. Um, and if that's a play, then yeah, that's a play. I mean, because like like I said, there's a new free to play 
title coming out next year from Call of Duty. So, I mean, given like how, uh, whatever the last one was, like it, it didn't meet the expectations for sales. Meanwhile, like Warzone, I think it's, is Warzone still going strong? I feel like it is. It's going all right. Yeah. It's solid. So it's, meanwhile, Warzone is still, has a, a good community, as we just said. So this might be, I don't know if this is them looking into like the free to play model and like seeing how that compares to like their traditional gaming. And maybe like, maybe just the, the most recent title wasn't good, you know, like maybe it has nothing to do with free to play or not. I, I don't know. We'll see how, we'll see how it goes with them. Um, but the thing is if, if they double down on free to play, they're going to have to make their money somewhere else, which is going to lead to like, I, my worry is it's going to lead to more of the pay-to-win strategy in gaming or like yeah. the focus in cosmetics and stuff like that. That's the danger of free-to-play is that the money's going to have to be made somehow. Yeah, it, you have to make money a different way. And honestly, like cosmetics work really well if your game works. Just look at Valorant. Yeah. Like we people are willing to shell out like 80 bucks to get a full set of like new cosmetics. Well, you even though the game itself enough, hasn't, though. hasn't like done much. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's possible. It. it is possible. So, I mean, riot Valorant figure out a way. Um, not sure if ABK can find a way because so far, at least for call of duty, the strategy has been reskin it, put it out, reskin it, put it out, reskin it, put it out, but we'll see how it goes for, for this new strategy, maybe, if this is what they're going for. This is all speculation at this point, as is most of the things we talk about on this podcast. Um, things, something that people were speculating about um, was going to more present topics. Um, in Ukraine, there's been there's some footage going around fairly recently. You might have heard about this, but like specifically, like the ghost of Kiev was a clip that was going around, and allegedly. There's allegedly this Ukrainian fighter pilot who had allegedly blown up like three Russian planes or whatever. And so people were getting very excited, like, oh, Ukraine is actually like doing really well. Like there are people who are standing up to Russia. Turns out that's that's not true. Um, it was footage from a 2013 game called Digital Combat Simulator World. Uh, and this is this has actually been an issue that has come out of the Ukraine crisis is that um, a lot of footage that is allegedly coming f- directly from the war front is not actually real footage. It's game footage. Like there's another game Arma three where footage has been uploaded to the internet and is allegedly like from the battlefields, but it's not. So it's, I think it's kind of insane that such old video game footage is being used as fake propaganda, I guess. Yeah. We got to like be careful about what we believe now. And like, I I don't want to say that it's, it's not our fault. Like we, like game no, like if you look at it, it looks good. very good like even for 2013 like 
if you can find the footage, it's very convincing. Yeah, it's just like it, it just proves that game graphics are like really good, but at the same time, like it's if you are one of these people posting, like don't do it just to flood this like this topic the you know the ukraine crisis if anything like we are all like holding our breath and making sure that everybody is safe and okay but if anything like these things are just creating like they're creating traction and not like helping the cause at all so yeah i i hope that we get something uh i hope we get something beneficial out of these uh either later down the line or just people stop posting them just like yeah sure you really popped off there but at the same time like it's just we don't we don't need it yeah it's irresponsible in a time where it's like like you said like everybody's holding their breath um and while like for for at some point like it gave people a little bit of help. Ultimately it was just, I feel more damaging because it's like, Oh, this isn't actually like, they're not actually winning. This is just some idiot who posted game footage and pretended it was from the front. And then people just get angry. So the situation is everyone on edge. And this is just another one of those, like it's another example of like the downfall or the, the dangers that come with social media and technology being so hyper-realistic that you can't even tell that it's it's not real. Yeah. It, it's better to have... It, it's better to have no information than misinformation, mm-hmm. like, right now. So I honestly do think that that is, a, that is the right idea. You don't want to know something else that's like, that doesn't exist, Kevin? Overwatch mm. 2. Yeah. Doesn't exist. It's not real. Uh even yeah. like so according to Super, like Super kind of went on a little bit of a rant about like how there's been no news, no real beta or anything, like nothing coming out. So Super um on a Twitch broadcast said, This is so inexcusable at this point. Blizzard, you better give some shit soon for effing Overwatch 2. There better be something. What's happening now on the live server is an effing disgrace. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And like, he's voicing what a lot of us have felt that like two years of development with really nothing. The only thing that you've really shown us is like, Hey, look, the game sounds better. Um, and we updated the player models. Ooh. Yeah. Or even then it's like, there's, there's the whole discussion about, are they upgraded or did you actually downgrade them? So you could run this on mobile. No, yeah, it's a bit of a weird spot for them. Um, but this has been a discussion for a very long time. It's taken, of course, it's taken to like the uh, the boards and discussion rooms for Overwatch 2. Um, in in one of the uh, one of the forums or whatever, one of the community managers from Blizzard came in and he he shared some responses. Um, he said. The team is very aware of the current conversation happening here in the forums. When when we have more to share regarding those other matters you're alluding to, we will. Keep in mind that addressing the biggest concerns on the forums, namely Overwatch 2 when, game updates when, require massive coordination, both in terms of development, publishing, and approvals all the way up the chain. 
We want to share what we're working on with you, and we want to do it in a way that will be respect that's respectful of the work the team is doing behind the scenes. And we will leave all of you feeling informed and brought along on the journey. I get that it's and I'm going to, I, ugh, words. Um, and in regards to like people losing faith in Blizzard and the Overwatch team as a whole, he said, I get this and usually go out of my way to avoid being teasy or leading anyone on. It's perfectly understandable to be skeptical of us right now. Were I in your position, I'd be similarly guarded and reserving judgment until you learn more. All I say is we look forward to re-earning your trust. Um, so pretty much all they said is shut up and wait. That's really all we're getting here is shut up and wait from them. Uh, it doesn't really feel good. It, it does that, that entire thing did feel very teasy. Like when even the, the pros who are supposed to be getting a beta to play this game before the rest of us are getting frustrated. Um, it's not a good sign for your game. Yeah. You, you can't like promise the players that they'll have access to, you know, the latest update and the latest rules. If you're not even updating them on what's going on, you know? So in this case, it's like, what, what do you do if you don't have, um, like, uh, let's just say hypothetically, there was a there was a basketball two. Okay, there was like a new rule set that they're trying out. I mean, let's just say like, okay, NBA done. We're gonna be doing slam ball from now on, right? Like, you cannot, like, you cannot let players figure it out now. Like, you have to like, you have to give them what they want. So, I mean, even though we're not getting, like, actual Overwatch 2 content, guess what we did get, Kevin? Another another comic book. <laughs> no, no. We got, we got music. Hooray. They, <laughs> Blizzard released the um, Heroes and Villains soundtrack for free on YouTube. So there's 23 tracks now that are... <sighs> from the brand new soundtrack overwatch heroes and villains uh, featuring iconic themes behind many of overwatch's cast and climactic moments so like heroes among us a mega <laughs> <laughs> didn't think we would get overwatch among us this early but all right um you want to listen to the doomfist theme kevin because you uh, can yeah i guess we can you um, listen to the storm rising sweet kevin because guess what now you can honestly at this point i would have i would have taken an overwatch an overwatch tower defense for mobile and i would have called it like i would have been more hype for that than <laughs> than this like honestly what this is doing is just confirming that they don't have anything done for for the players and like once again we were saying like us players like we want to have something to look forward to like we yeah we didn't pour you know five years of our lives just to say like oh i guess overwatch is okay i guess but like we want to we want this game to be successful because we've played it for so long like i feel like once again like we were discussing this last week like one of the few ways to get the overwatch league or like to get Overwatch back to like its same season or same level of hype 
um, as possible is I think there needs to be like a an Overwatch like shorts. Like there needs to be that animated series um, that you know it doesn't necessarily have to air on Netflix, but it could be like you know any of the popular streaming services, mm-hmm. and that would bring hype to the new game. Like if you left it on a cliffhanger where the last thing that happens is, you know, that intro video where you have like, you know, Genji, Tracer, Winston, Mercy, and like everybody is fighting that big Omnic in like London or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, If you had that as like the final scene of your anime, everybody would be like, okay, we understand where they're going now. Like we, we know how this works. And I mean, if, if a couple of us have to brainstorm your entire thing, pitch it to you <laughs> and do it, we will. Uh, uh, we, we will take someone's job and, and, and make it happen. But like, honestly, it is just, if they're expecting, honestly, if Blizzard is expecting the Overwatch player base to be waiting for them when they release Overwatch 2, they're sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. We have moved on majority of us have moved on to something else but the ones who are loyal to your game are are slowly dwindling as well right and just this this constant baiting of we'll tell you we'll we'll bring you something really nice when we talk about it it's just it's ratcheting up expectations so high that like we don't care anymore and if it's anything less than revolutionary then no one's gonna care. Like at this rate, you gotta pay us to play Overwatch too. Like <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Like I'm expecting, like I don't know, a golden controller to like be sent to me or something for for waiting this long for this stupid game. I mean, I feel like the the way to do it would be like a a legacy thing where it's like if you have a certain amount of hours clocked into overwatch one you get a certain thing that's only available in like the first like month of overwatch two or something like that Mm -hmm. that way you kind of like bring people back like even if they just log in to get it like that's still one person that right that that got in there so yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out i'm not going to hold my breath (laughs) <laughs> yeah neither am i i just if even super's getting annoyed then like you know the state of the game is bad yeah anyway kevin anything you want to close out with this week um yeah just uh have fun play your games if you i i would i would update you on pokemon unite stuff if there was more stuff to update you guys on um once again i'm still doing a lot of content creation for for unite starting to get that youtube channel up and running so yeah that's that's what i've been up to and uh if you guys want to if you, if you guys want any more tips for escape room stuff hit me up i can i can possibly help <laughs> out there all right guys thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next week same well, I mean, not, you can listen to it anytime, but same bat time, same bat channel. Hooray. Uh, catch you guys soon. Stay safe and adios.
Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.